taking control of iOS 15 and iPadOS 15. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Text Expander by Smile, the makers of world-class software. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more and download your free demo. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, sometimes I don't know where the time goes talking talking to people, not talking to people, and all of a sudden you realize it's been months since we talked to Josh Centers. Josh, welcome. It's great to have you back. Thanks for having me here. Hey, I really appreciate you being here. And as usual, you're here primarily to talk about a new Take Control book, your new Take Control book, which is Take Control of iPad. No, Take Control of iOS 15 and iPadOS 15. Yes. Did I get the titles right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Sorry about that. Um, so, you know, you know the routine. I mean, we're anxious to hear what has changed, what's new, what's not new, what you like, what you don't like. And, of course, the other thing, too, is you've been working now with a lot of the betas um, so these books can be right ready to come out when the devices – or excuse me, when the OS comes out and your devices can be upgraded to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like to have a, a- – well, it used to be day and date release. Now we try to get it out ahead of time. So the, the book should be out before the actual release, which is always fun because there's always last minute changes and uh, things Apple adds in or takes out. So uh, there will probably be a, a day one update to the book to uh, to cover those things. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Let's let's start with iOS. Um, I know that they have announced that there's at least one tentpole feature that is not going to be ready at the release date, um, but I'll let you tell us about it and tell us if there are other things that we think will be missing. Uh, well, I actually have a section in the book this time because Apple has shuffled so many features in and out of the release that, um, that I dedicate a whole section to it. So... A uh, list of things Apple has taken out. Uh, the, the major one you're probably talking about is SharePlay, which is a feature, um, and also with that is is FaceTime screen sharing. So what SharePlay does, it's, it's sort of like a feature they used to have on the Xbox where you can watch a movie or listen to music with another person on a FaceTime call. So the way it worked in the betas is you would start a FaceTime call with somebody and it would, um, and you could go to like the TV app and start watching a movie, and it and it would just start playing on their screen also, and and then you could also share uh, share controls uh, between parties. So, so if somebody went back thirty seconds, everybody went back thirty seconds, right? And uh, the same thing applied, at least in theory, to Apple Music. I never got that part to actually work, um, but yeah, they took it out uh, a couple of betas ago uh, at this point. And uh, they say it's going to be come in a later release. Um, I'm not sure if it's due to legal reasons because when I was testing it, I was I was just asking myself, I'm like, how is this legal? How, did Apple get, get a, a an agreement with all the content providers? Um, uh, you know, and I've also heard, I've also heard other people say that once you got over like four participants in SharePlay, then uh, it start having performance issues. And uh, also the the screen sharing feature has been removed from FaceTime, um, which let you share your screen from iOS with somebody over FaceTime. So so that leads me to think it's probably more technical than legal. Um, 
some other things that are being delayed and some of these were announced uh, in advance and some of them came later but um, uh, this is an odd one, and, and, and we've taken out of the book for now, but the hide my email feature. This is a feature that, it's a privacy feature. It lets you create a, a dummy email address that forwards to your real email address. And uh, so, like, let's say you're signing up for a mailing list or you're signing up, uh, you know, for, for an online account and you don't want to get pestered with spam or what they call bacon. Um, you, you can, if you, you're getting a bunch of junk sent to that email address, you can just kill it at any time and that still works in the betas the last I checked um, but Apple is saying that will come in a later release so for right now we're we're assuming Apple knows what they're talking about there uh, the ID cards and wallet that has been uh, that's being delayed the home keys feature which uh, they showed this at the WWDC keynote this um, this is a home kit feature where if you have a home kit uh, enabled lock you can you can pull up the key on your iPhone and tap it against the uh, uh, the lock and it'll unlock your your door that's been that's being delayed uh, what they're calling the new city experiences in carplay that's it, it's it's in maps but it's uh, it won't be in carplay on day one the app privacy reports, which uh, the idea behind that is, it's it's sort of similar to the um, the app report, the app store report cards, the privacy report cards they introduced. Uh, I think in fourteen point five, it's supposed to be in fourteen. I think it came out in fourteen point five, um, and basically, it's it's going to be a thing in settings where you can look at an app and see what what stuff they're trying to access on your device and who they're sharing it with. Uh, that's being delayed um, probably for the same reason that the privacy report cards were delayed. That is uh, developers freaking out and getting mad about it. And another feature they've delayed, um, I actually tested it. I actually have a printout here somewhere of, of it, uh, but the, the digital legacy feature. And the, 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 the digital legacy feature, it's, it's not the sexiest sounding feature in the world, but it's something uh, they very much need. And that is um, essentially right now, if you die, there is uh, no way for anyone to access the contents of your iCloud account. And so with Digital Legacy, you can designate someone to, to get access to all of your iCloud data upon the event of your death. So there will actually be a process for that now. And Apple uh, has taken that out for now. And so, uh, and then one last thing, now Apple hasn't made an official announcement about this, but the universal control feature, uh, which is really more of a Mac feature than an iOS or an iPad OS feature. Um, Universal Control lets you, um, it's a really interesting feature. It, it lets you use an iPad side by side with a Mac and share a keyboard and mouse between them. And so like you can have a uh, your, your mouse pointer on a Mac and you can move it over to your iPad and, and just kind of use them seamlessly together. A uh, really neat thing, hasn't shown up uh, in the betas yet, as far as I know, and Apple hasn't made any sort of announcement about it. So we're uh, we're currently I'm currently assuming it's not going to be there, but um, Apple hasn't said one way or the other. Okay, so that's a lot of features that have been delayed or removed from what we expect to be the release version, and of course that could change too at any second. Mm -hmm. um, but that said, you know, there, these releases come with a whole lot of features, uh, you know, not just five or six, maybe like in the old days, but lots of features. So again, starting with uh, going with the iPhone, 
I mean, what features are here that people should be excited about or that you've tested and you really think are, are well worthwhile? Okay, well, let's see what they haven't removed yet. Um, <laughs> I've struggled this all summer because they, they keep adding things, removing things. Uh, so uh, one thing everyone should know about, I don't know if it's something to be excited about or be mad about, it's, it's controversial, but, but Apple has made some major changes to Safari. And uh, that, that might keep changing. I mean, they may end up just undoing it because there was such backlash. But in, in essence, what Apple is doing with the Safari in iOS 15 is they have moved the uh, address bar from the top of the screen to the bottom of the screen. And originally, this was a much more radical redesign. Uh, they, they actually had every control. Like you had, a, you had a long press on the address bar to do anything in Safari, and it was very annoying. And uh, enough people got mad about it. Apple kept tweaking it and tweaking it, and it stayed stable for a couple of beta versions. I finally wrote about it, and I've been putting it off because they clearly were going to have to change it. And, and then they turned around and redesigned it again. And, and essentially, it's not nearly as radical as it was. All they've done is they've, like, in the current Safari, the, the address bar at the top, they've just moved it onto the bottom above that toolbar. And, and the idea behind this, and I actually like it, but the idea behind it is, uh, you know, when you're using an iPhone, it, you know, you got to stretch your thumb all the way up there to, you know, enter, enter an address. And, and once upon a time, that wasn't so bad when you had, you know, when the iPhone was like, you know, about this tall. Um, nowadays, of course, iPhones get longer and longer. And so it's just real annoying and it, you know, it's an RSI issue for some of us. So, so they moved the URL bar, uh, the address bar to the bottom. And they've also made it, and this is one thing I really like, you can swipe on it to switch between tabs. Um, but now there's still a lot of people who just do not like this. Uh, and Apple actually in the sixth, the developer beta, uh, and they uh, added an option to turn it off entirely. Like you can go back to the old Safari design, which is very unlike Apple. Apple usually, you know, their attitude is we'll, we'll make the best decisions for you, but they, they apparently don't uh, seem too certain about that. So that's something you should definitely know about uh, day one of iOS 15 is that Safari is going to be quite a bit different. I'm sure it's going to lead to a lot of confusion, even though they've, they've backed down on a lot of this stuff. Josh, I know the, the Safari thing has been all over the news and, you know, People are, are hailing it as great advances or people really hate it. One of the two. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, you personally, I mean, you, you just said you like it. I, I, I'm like, I'm like you. I completely understand why they would move the venue bar to the bottom on the phone. Mm -hmm. But I mean, do you find there to be a real detriment of any kind to it? No, I mean, it, it takes getting used to. It takes, uh, you got, you have to adjust your muscle memory. Um, just like any, any other time Apple's ever done a, a radical redesign of anything, you know, when they move from a home button to, uh, you know, swipe gestures, that, that was a big adjustment for, for a lot of people. But, but I think it's worked out for the better. I mean, you don't see people clamoring to get a home button back very often. I mean, there's some people out there like that. And, you know, Safari hadn't really had much of a design overhaul since, I mean, the original iPhone. You know, if you go back, you compare Safari in iOS 14 to Safari in on the original iPhone, it doesn't, it's not that radically different, um, at, at least in concept. So, I mean, I, I think it was time. I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I personally like the, like the change, but it's one of those things like 
I'm telling everybody about because your your parents are going to call you and, and be confused, or you know you're going to be confused, or it, it you know it's it's going to throw people for a loop the first time you open it. Um, I, I think it makes a ton more sense. Uh, and we'll just see how it goes. And and who knows? I mean, maybe by day one, Apple just gives up on it entirely. But I, I don't hear as many complaints as I have because like uh, what they originally tried to do is just too radical. They they tried to just strip too many controls off the screen, and it. I mean, there wasn't even a reload button, right? That was the original idea. It was just like you had a little lozenge at the bottom of the screen, and literally you couldn't do anything unless you you pressed and hold that uh, held down on it. So that it was too much, but. I think it's pretty good now. Um, so the things that really get me, and, and they always get me with these, uh, and maybe I'm just boring, but like there, there's a lot of like little little features that you know I found myself at you know while I was watching the keynote saying you know finally finally they're doing this. Um, one of the things I really like uh, is, uh, and this is something I've been harping on for years. So when Apple went from voice control to Siri. For me, it was a big downgrade in a lot of ways because I don't always have the best cell service and Siri has always required uh, a connection to Apple service to do literally anything, right? Like voice control, you know, you could you could play and pause and rewind stuff. Like it was basic, but, you know, you could do basic stuff without having to wait forever for a server response or, you know, wait till you had a good cell service. Well, now um, if you have, I think it's an A12 processor or later, so you have to have a fairly recent device. But uh, Siri can do all processing on device. And just today alone, that's been really useful for me because, you know, I, I live on a, a small farm out in the middle of nowhere. And so when I'm out, you know, feeding chickens or whatever, and if I need to, you know, set a timer or something like that, you know, it's it's been so nice the past few weeks to be able to, you know, tell Siri to do that. And it works even though I don't have any network connect connectivity whatsoever so that's a really nice thing uh and and it makes siri a lot faster and at least in theory makes siri more private and uh another thing i'm excited about uh, it's a small thing but apple has sort of overhauled how multitasking works on the ipad so They've done their best to hide multitasking because, you know, the Apple philosophy with the iPad has been we don't want to make it any, we want to add more features without making it more complicated, right? So they added the, you know, things like split view and slide over, but you have to kind of know the secret gestures to, to, to do those things, right? And, and, it's, and it's really confusing when someone triggers those by accident. My wife did that one time and she's like, I didn't even know that it did that. Um... So now Apple's made it just a little bit more obvious, uh, not too much, but there's a little ellipses at the top of every iPad window now, right? And you tap that and, and you can select like whether you want slide over or, or uh, split view. And if you, you tap one of those, it'll move the window over and you can select another app. And uh, the same thing goes if you want to take an app back full screen, you can tap that little uh, ellipsis and uh take it full screen so it's it's a bit more discoverable now than it was and i think it makes for a huge improvement this edition of mac voices is supported by smile the makers of text expander there's no one who uses a mac iphone or ipad that doesn't repeatedly enter text of one kind or another not only is it boring but it also wastes time and is prone to mistakes 
Text Expander from Smile solves that problem so that you aren't bored, are more productive, and are always accurate. Just a few keystrokes can expand to those things that we all type over and over and over. Our email address, our mailing address, our phone numbers, or something more elaborate. A designated response to a customer inquiry, directions to home or office, or a standard clause in a business contract. Even better, you can share your snippets. That's text expander speak for those short abbreviations you create that expand into characters, words, or paragraphs across devices and across platforms, since there are versions of text expander for virtually any platform you use. Up your productivity game with my most frequently used utility, text expander from Smile, the makers of world-class software at smilesoftware.com/podcast. That's smilesoftware.com/podcast. Thanks to Smile for being the longest-running sponsor of Mac Voices. Um, I, I've I full disclosure here. I have not played with any of the betas. I've watched a number of these things. I personally like that idea from from the videos I've seen. I, I like that a lot because it it seems. A, I'm sorry, it seems a little more Mac-like, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I but I've also been one that has enjoyed you know doing the gestures, but the gestures seem to be somewhat inconsistent at times, and so the idea of taking some of those features and and making them easily selectable so that you know exactly what you're going to get when you select that option that appeals to me a lot. Yeah, and those gestures are still there; they still work as they they always have. Um, you just have a a, con- a control you can actually see now. And so I think that's going to be uh, that's going to help a lot of people. I think it's also good for accessibility because you know gestures aren't you know if if somebody has a motor challenge, gestures aren't always the the easiest thing in the world to use. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, so how about something basic? How about just stability? And I know stability. we don't have the the, the the release candidate yet, um, but how do you find the overall stability of the, the later betas? I have actually found iOS 15 to be extremely stable throughout. Um, they, now, now you know, I'm sure a lot of us remember how much of a mess iOS 13 was. Uh, it was weird. The, the, the day one release of iOS 13 was actually less stable than some of the betas I had used. I don't know what went wrong there, but you know, pe- people were mad about it. And so Apple, uh, vowed to make changes, and they did. And for instance, the iOS 14 betas were all even from the first beta was very solid. And the same thing's been true with iOS 15. I mean, I, I still see some bugs here and there, but the last uh, couple of versions of iOS in, in the beta cycle have been much more stable than uh, than what we're used to. Like, there's a lot there's a lot of bugs you always would see in, in iOS or iPad OS. And they just aren't there. Like for instance, um, you know, just just having like breaking a device. I, I haven't I haven't managed to break a device with any of these betas. Um, iPad iPad always had weird orientation bugs. Like uh, like you'd be in portrait and the but then you'd get a landscape keyboard just out of nowhere. Like you wouldn't pull up the keyboard. It, it just weird stuff like that. And you just I, I haven't seen that stuff in a couple of years. I do think that corresponds with Apple delaying a lot of features. Uh, you know, that's something we've seen in iOS 14 and iOS 15, where Apple will announce, you know, just an avalanche of features at WWDC, and then over the, you know, for you know, 
from the day of the keynote, they'll say, well, this will come later, this will come later, this will come later. Even as through the beta cycle, they'll just, they'll push stuff back. And so you'll, you'll be getting features in iOS, you know, 15.1 and probably 15.2 and probably even up through, you know, 15.5, just as we've seen with iOS 14. So I think that's a trade-off there. I think, you know, we get the annoyance of having to wait for some things, but we get a much more stable overall release. And I think that, that's a pretty good trade-off. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I would much rather have those things left out and added back in when they can be rock solid um, than to just say, oh, yes, I, I can do this. I can do that, the, the, the share uh, movie thing with a friend and then find out that it doesn't work half the time and mm -hmm. you end up, everybody ends up frustrated. And it's not, not good for Apple. It's not good for you. It's not good for anyone. Um, and you just mentioned iOS 14. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you know we saw some of the features of iOS 14 that got pushed out of the release. They came on pretty quick. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, not all of them, but some of them came on pretty quick, like within a week or so. Mm -hmm. So there's no telling how quickly some of those things will get added back in. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, with iOS 14, yeah, some things came like a week later. Some things took you know half of the year before we got um, like the. Uh, uh, the feature that blocks the the third party tracking, but that was that was more of a political issue than a technical issue. That <laughs> was more Facebook throwing a fit about it. Um, some other things I'd like to mention, and again, like a lot of the stuff that like I'm impressed with 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 this release is like a lot of small stuff. Like um, uh, one thing that's nice, iPad OS now has the home screen widgets and it has an app library, so it catches up with iOS 14 in that regard. Um, you, you know, and it's a nice thing to have. It mostly drove me nuts because of the inconsistency, right? Like, you know, you, you have one working differently than another one. Um, there's a neat quick note feature in, in iPad OS 15. And basically, you can you can drag up from the lower right corner of the screen and just open a little note window and jot down a note real quick, either with text or handwriting. Um, oh, which reminds me of uh, a huge feature I need to talk about here in just a second. And then it gets saved to a special category in notes. Uh, and in notes, uh, notes has some cool stuff. Uh, Reminders does too. Both apps now have, you can add tags to things, which is like an extra way of, of organizing stuff. Like, uh, you know, for instance, if I'm do, making a note and it's about my farm, I can tag it farm. You know, I don't have to put everything into like a farm folder. And then like later I can pull up that tag and see these different notes about that one topic, wherever they are. Um, Really nice feature to have. Um, so yeah, a big thing I should talk about is uh, in photos. Like photos has, has and, and camera too has some really freaky capabilities in iOS 15. Like I mean, they're just they're they're freaky. Like for instance, uh, one of the big things is text recognition, right? Uh, it so for instance, you know, I'm sure a lot of us do stuff like you know, you'll take a picture of a page of a book that you want to refer back to, or you'll take a picture of, uh, I do this all the time when I'm trying to repair an appliance, I'll take a picture of the, um, the little sticker inside that has the model and serial number and all that. Well, you can now, um, at least in theory, you can search for that text. It recognizes and indexes that text and you can search it. And, and even more, and this is where it really gets freaky. You can actually touch and hold on the photo and you can just select the text in a photo just like you would text anywhere else and that works in photos it also works in safari and uh, it also works in camera it works a little 
couple differently in the camera app. Like you, there's a button you have to tap and that zooms in on the text and you can select it. Uh, but yeah, it works in a lot of different places. Um, you can also directly capture text uh, into any into any app that has a text field, right? So let's let's say you're in messages, and uh, and you want to send somebody a, a, a paragraph from a book. Well, you can you can tap in that message field, and and there's a little icon that you'll see. Like you get that popover that's got copy and paste and all that. There, there's a new little icon there, and you tap that, and it lets you scan text, and, and it and it will like transcribe it onto the screen as you're as you're holding your camera over it and and uh so you can send like text uh, directly from the real world through somebody digitally it's it's very it's very kind of spooky and then there's another feature now now, now these features uh I, I do want to tell people like so i so ios tw uh 15 supports a lot of devices but this stuff requires an a12 bionic or later so you'll need a somewhat newer phone for a lot of this uh, uh, but another freaky capability is uh, what they call visual lookup, and and it only works on certain categories of things. It works on like animals, plants, books, uh, places, I think. And and anyway, so uh, you'll get a little sparkly info button on a photo if if it's available, right? And and uh, it's it, again, it's freaky. Like for instance, I had some pictures of broadleaf plantain, which is a a uh, medicinal herb that grows like a weed in, in my uh, yard. And I actually wrote an article about it for the prepared, which I had, had so many pictures of it. And I pulled up a picture, one of those pictures, and I tapped a little uh, visual lookup button, and it I correctly identified that that plant was broadleaf plantain. So, and as far as I can tell, it does that right on the device too. So some really freaky capabilities uh, in terms of uh, character recognition, artificial intelligence coming to photos in iOS 15. Josh Centers will be back in the next edition of Mac Voices to talk more about his newest book, Take Control of iOS 15 and iPadOS 15, to help you get ready for the newest edition of Apple's mobile operating systems. We talk a little more about the iPad uh, updates. We talk about why the iPad OS really hasn't had a major overhaul and why that's probably a good thing, the whole beta process, and a whole lot more. I hope you'll join us. Until then, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit MacVoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page. And get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices, or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.